0: Hi, everyone. Noor Tagori here, and you're listening to In Progress, An Imperfect Journey Navigated. And this podcast is presented by Girl Boss Radio in partnership with Toomey. So over the course of 10 episodes, we will be going on a journey together. We'll be deep diving with the best and the brightest female founders, entrepreneurs, and creatives out there, and offering you the motivation you need to transition from where you are to where you want to be these brilliant women, and I mean brilliant, will be dishing out real-world advice for self-development on the go, so you can dare to change direction, and so you can live a more fulfilling and productive life. You know, the life you deserve. Let's go. Today's episode is on how to have better boundaries, pretty much learning how to say no and knowing that that can be sometimes the greatest gift you can give yourself. I'm going to be talking about some really personal experiences with this and the things that I've struggled with and things that I've learned throughout my journey. And I will also be talking to Lovey Ajayi, who is a writer, author, digital strategist and speaker who works between the intersection of comedy, technology, and activism. Welcome back to the show, Lovey. Thank you for having me. So let's just go right into a moment where you realized that you needed to establish more boundaries between work and your personal time. Ah,
1: see, I always have the moments when I hit a wall. (laughs) Like, I found myself... um, Once I was in the Minneapolis airport and my flight was delayed by a day and I started crying. Wow. Because I was so burned out from so much work that I just wanted to get home. And usually I would have the capacity to be like, all right, cool, cool. Let's shake it off. Go get a hotel. I was not prepared or... I didn't have the coping skills in that moment. Mm. All I did was cry. And I was like, oh, yeah, that means you've been saying too many yeses because you don't even know how to deal right now.
0: Do you remember what the actual like train of thought you had in that moment was when you were kind of realizing, okay, I need to... Like take a break and and learn how to say no in situations like this.
1: Yeah, my thought was I already wasn't looking forward to taking this trip because I've already taken too many trips. So I should have said no. Mm. And because I didn't say no now, it's going to take me another day to get on my couch. And that was what made me realize that I needed to say more no's because I've said too many yeses.
0: Funny question, but do you remember the first time you said no and it took everything in you to do it, but you knew it was the right thing to do? No, I do not remember. But saying no
1: doesn't always get easier. We think after the first moment, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden the next no is going to be that much easier. Uh, Sometimes not really. I think we all struggle with saying no because we have fear of missing out on everything. Yeah, FOMO, on everything. We're like, if I say no to that, does that mean that opportunity won't come back around? If I say no to that, am I does that mean I'm saying I'm leaving money on the table? Yeah. If I say no to that, am I missing a good time?
0: Totally. One time I remember being at CNN and I was shadowing Soledad O'Brien, who's an incredible incredible journalist and woman and I had looked up to her so much and I was shadowing her and I was sitting at her desk and her assistant had like this big stack of uh speaking requests and at the time that was like when I was starting to get into speaking and I was just like getting events here and there and she had this huge stack and I remember her opening the envelopes and looking at it and being like nope 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 and I looked at her and my mouth was like hanging open and I was like uh, 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 how are you saying no to all of these (laughs) and she looked at me and said. I know my brand and I know my message and I know what my passions are. If the event doesn't, it it doesn't relate to my brand or if it takes away time from my family, I'm going to say no to those things. And I remember thinking to myself, whoa, like, I hope I can get to a place one day where I can say no to like... 15 paid speaking opportunities because I have my priorities straight. Yeah. And I will never forget that. And now, just like in the past year, I've been able to learn how to truly be like, is this on brand for me? Is this taking away time from spending time with my family? Do I need this right now? Is this something I want to truly do? And then learn to say no. But I didn't really get to that point until I think earlier this year and really kind of prioritize going back to this the whole concept of Your time is is so valuable. It's something that you can never give back. And it is more valuable than money. And when you realize that, you learn how to say no a lot faster.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, I also thought about the fact that saying yes is like being a kid in the candy store. So i use my example. Last year, I probably took 115 flights. I had 50 speaking engagements. I love the work that I do. I'm super passionate about being on stages and really telling people, you know, the truth about life, culture, business, um, and I loved everything that I did. But here's the thing. It's like being kid in the candy store. While you're eating all the candy, you're having a great time, and then you get home and your stomach hurts, and you're like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't have eaten all that candy. Mm. So I started being like, okay, I should not eat all this candy. I came up with um, criteria to figure out how I'm going to say no, because I figure that a lot of opportunities or things that are presented to us we have to think through whether we're saying yes or no. And sometimes it feels arbitrary to how we're saying yes, no. I wanted to quantify my decision-making process. So I came up with five questions and gave myself the rule that for me to say yes to anything, it needed to hit three out of five of these questions. My, my answer had to be yes to three out of, the, out of the five. The five questions. One, will I enjoy it? Two, Does this pay my fee? Three, is this something different that will challenge or grow me in some way? Four, does this elevate my profile? And five, does this put me in front of a larger audience? Now, these last two questions sound like they could be the same, but something could elevate my profile. Even if there were only three people in the room, and those three people were yeah. Oprah, Richard Branson, yep. and Shonda Rhimes.
0: <laughs> have you ever spoken in front of Oprah, Richard Branson, and Shonda Rhimes? I
1: actually have.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so <such> cool. <laughs>
1: Not at the same time. I spoke, on a, I spoke on a panel with Richard Branson. I moderated a panel with Shonda Rhimes, and I interviewed Oprah Winfrey.
0: Oh, my gosh, my heart is, like, beating a little bit faster just hearing that. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, like,
1: my answer, whenever I go through this list, anytime anything is brought to my attention, campaign, a speaking engagement, um, anything that I have to decide on, I'd run it through my test, and it's very objective. Will I enjoy this? That's the most important piece. Does this pay my fee? Does this, does this challenge me or make me grow? Is it different from something I haven't done before? Does it elevate my profile? Does this put me in front of a larger audience? And it's a really quick checklist for me to do. And then there's some things where I'm like, oh, this sounds like a really cool thing. And I run it through my checklist and it doesn't pass. And I have to say no.
0: I might just start using your checklist. Can I? Is it like... Go for it. <laughs> Take it. Copyrighted. I have it as a post-it note that's on my computer. So whenever I'm checking
1: emails, I have I can just do it quickly right there. I have it as my computer background, as my laptop background.
0: And that's amazing too because it, allows like whenever opportunities arise and you start battling with that question like do I want to take this do I not want to take this the more you think about it the more like it just starts festering and you just kind of get more anxious trying to figure out your decision and if you have if you have so many things that are coming in and you have that checklist you know you don't have to think twice about it correct
1: and it also gives you the confidence to not have to doubt your decision absolutely because there are some certain times when you'll say no and then you'll go back and say yes yeah but this no is a Look, it's is an objective note. It doesn't have feelings in it. You ran it through your test. Mm. It didn't pass it. Let it go. That's such
0: a boss move. I love that. What is the biggest challenge we face in maintaining healthy boundaries?
1: Um, People feel really entitled to our time and our space and our energy. Mm. And people get offended when they don't get access to it. I am a huge boundaries person I've always been a huge boundaries person because I feel like when you don't create boundaries you just give people carte blanche to uh, treat you anyway because you haven't created the line and then you won't know the line until they step over it then all of a sudden you get mad so I'm like instead of that being clear about what your line is 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 so important so I've always been somebody who one I tell people what my line is so friends colleagues i always let them know hey don't email me after a certain time or i'm even a boundaries person on like social media like i tell people hey i don't add everybody who requests me on facebook because my rule is that do i know you and would i cross the street to say hi to you that is my rule for how i add people on facebook wow yeah and it's a boundary that allows me to maintain uh my online community because I think your online experience is based on how you've curated the people in it so with everything we need to not feel and like to not feel guilty about drawing our boundaries
0: so not everybody has established those better boundaries but if our listeners are planning to after this what changes do you think our well-being will experience once they do what
1: changes? I think you get uh, one, you get better treatment. So a lot of times we think people will know our boundaries automatically. We assume that people already know that you don't like getting the phone calls after 9 p.m. Mm. You assume that people already know that, no, you can't just promote anything that they're doing randomly on your platform. Sometimes people just need to be told. And here's the thing. Every time I tell people my boundaries, they don't throw it in my face as in They're not offended necessarily. They actually say, thank you for letting me know that. And they govern themselves accordingly. So it's knowing that you can can absolutely tell people how you expect to be treated. And then it's after you've told them if they still don't respect your boundaries, then you can, you know, pull away. But some people pull away without telling people what their boundaries are because their boundaries Mm. got encroached on.
0: Are there any tangible, like, apps or techniques that you found, like, particularly helpful in setting and maintaining your boundaries?
1: You know, I don't even think it's an app. (laughs) There's no app that really lets you maintain your boundary. It's a—it's your own clarity. You have to be very clear about what you do or don't like. Saying it without guilt. So a lot of us carry around guilt about establishing boundaries. Where
0: do you think that guilt comes from?
1: I think it's because we live in such a social world that we have been told that everyone can have access to us at any given time. Mm. And how dare you not want certain pieces of access? So it's kind of, we've we're, we're been told that we have to be selfless with our time and with our space and with our energy. And when you dare to not want to give away all of it, uh, it's somewhat jarring to folks. Yeah. So when you are somebody with boundaries people will kind of make you want to feel guilty sometimes because you're like, ooh, am I being selfish? I think it's okay to be selfish with your time and your space and your energy because how are you the best version of yourself if you have nothing left for yourself?
0: Absolutely. And I think that that's been a really big theme in this podcast as well is really focusing on the self and bettering yourself in order for you to be able to do your work and to do better service for other people and just be the best person that you can be. And it's kind of wild because especially with social media oftentimes people feel like not only do they have an inside look on your life but sometimes they feel like they're owed
1: a part of your life it's never enough like I have I'm on social basically every day I'm posting insta stories I have two podcasts I have a blog I have so many ways I've, I create content but I'll get a message from people who were like hey how come we don't know about this, 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 this? And I'm like, whoa, as much information that I give is still not enough. But that clarity is also, it helps you create boundaries because here's the thing. Yeah. Even if you create zero boundaries, people will still think you don't give enough. So you might as well yeah. create your boundaries and, and, and keep certain things sacred to you mm-hmm. so they can still think the same thing they would think if you had no boundaries. Like people would never think you are given enough
0: and that's okay. Alright friends, time for a quick break from our partners at Toomey, who just launched the most gorgeous line of handbags. You probably know Toomey as the sophisticated brand of luggage wheeled around the airport by Chic World Travelers, which is correct, but this new line is bringing that timeless aesthetic to your everyday life. Whether you're talking about an updated classic in super soft leather, Or a nylon bag that's as adaptable as you are, these bags can take you from your busy morning in the office, to the gym, to that important business dinner. Shop the new collection on www.toome.com. What about in situations where people are working like a 9 to 5 and have a boss and they feel like they're being taken advantage of because oftentimes that happens. Um, Whether they're working, they're like being asked to work overtime or they're being tasked something that's not part of their job. And we feel this pressure to have to do all of that so that we can grow in a company. What advice would you give to people in balancing those situations?
1: Take take this piece of advice as a grain of salt because I haven't worked for a company Besides my own for the last eight years, do not be, do not basically train people to expect immediate responses from you. And what that means is if your boss always gets a re- response from you, if they email you and within two minutes you've already replied, you're basically telling them you are at their beck and call and they can make a habit of this. So the next time when you take an hour, they're like, what? It took you forever. No, don't. Even give the expectation that you can always give immediate answers because what you're saying is I don't have this boundary here. It means this person can email you at twelve a.m. on on a Saturday and then be offended that you didn't reply back. Create the spaces, unless you're. There's very few things that we're all doing this life and death. Like I always tell people, if it's an emergency, you should probably call nine one one, not me. So. It's important to be fair to yourself. You should not always be at somebody's beck and call unless you're on literally on call. It It comes down to not creating the initial expectation.
0: Yeah. I think that there's still like a sense of struggle with that because, and I've experienced this too, where you also want to be seen as the hardest working person in the office. And you also want that promotion and you also want to be able to get things done. Um, There have been several times where I was the only minority in a newsroom or the only woman in a newsroom. And I never, I had to work three times as hard as the white guy working next to me because I knew that they were getting more attention or they were getting paid more. They were getting uh, the promotion faster. And so I struggled with that balance with figuring out, okay, how can I be the hardest working person here and like maintain 110 percent of my work ethic, but also live my life the same way that the person at the desk next to me is. I understand
1: that working twice as hard life to prove (laughs) this point. But I always think back to, like, there's, like, a meme that that goes around where people say, like, if you die today, your job will replace you in a week without thought. True. It's, like, what are we giving up for trying to be the most hardworking person? What, like, I feel like there was, like, a law in France that actually bans bosses from emailing people after a certain time. I wish we had that in the U.S. Oh, man. Yeah, something like that, that recently, something in Europe about how, like, there's actual limits on the times that employers can email their employees. Mm. Um, It's a hard balance because I get it. We want to definitely show up and be the best person there. But what are we losing with that? Like, what are we basically uh, putting on the line when we are insisting Mm. that we can reply at 3 a.m. on a Friday night to our boss? You know,
0: what are we saying no to when we're saying that yes? So... When we talk about setting those boundaries, whether it's in an office or wherever your workplace is, do you have any advice on how to communicate with your higher ups on your boundaries? Because oftentimes, especially as women in the workforce, there might be a little bit of a struggle to communicate that properly. What would you say would be the best way to do that?
1: Hey, let's say your boss is like, oh, I emailed you yesterday at 9 p.m. I'm I didn't get a response to this morning. It's fair to be like, yeah, I I turn off my phone after eight o'clock every night. Mm. It's what I do to make sure I'm present with my family and able to take care of myself, so I can show up to work and be the best version of myself. Absolutely. Like just exp- just tell the truth and and let people know. Yeah, I don't really check emails after a certain time. If you need me after hours and it's an emergency about something we have for the next morning, you know, call nine one one. <laughs> back listening. like just telling people because they will sometimes ask you about it like huh I didn't
0: get that reply until you're like yeah I don't yeah in that like passive aggressive way
1: yeah and just be t- be truthful oh yeah I don't look at my phone after 9 p.m. because I want to actually have dinner with my family and be present that if somebody's mad at that <laughs> I don't know what to say to them because you're like do your job in the best way you know how if you are given all the deliverables. You know, on time and sometimes early and you're showing up to work and you're doing what you're supposed to do and somebody is mad they can't reach you after 9 p.m., you might have to have a longer conversation with them. But, you know, it's a different conversation if they're like, oh, this person never comes on to work on time and I emailed them and they don't reply back. Okay, then they might have a leg to stand on to be like, you're not doing your job. But if you're doing your job, nobody's entitled to 24-hour access to you.
0: Absolutely. And I think a huge part of what you said in terms of communication is taking that boundary conversation and tying it back to work ethic. So when you establish the conversation and the fact that you setting that boundary makes you a better employee and I think there's a huge disconnect sometimes when it comes to that conversation because people are like oh you're establishing boundaries then you're half-assing something at work and the reality is no like I'm making sure that I'm recharging and doing what I need to do for myself.
1: If I'm working all night and then you also want me to show up in the morning how am I going to show up in the best way possible if I only had three hours of sleep or four hours of sleep because mm-hmm, I was working mm-hmm. on the email you sent me? Just I am just a human being. Science says I need sleep. So <laughs> if I, if you want me to show up to this meeting and do this amazing presentation, I need to get decent sleep. And that means I'm going to turn off my phone at a certain time. Mm. That's fair.
0: Earlier you mentioned One of the questions in whether you say yes or no is meeting your fee. Do you have any advice for our listeners on how to ask for a raise or the salary that they're looking for or how to really fight for what they know they're worth? Um, I always tell people to practice
1: beforehand. Because here's the thing. Women... Have not been taught and told to negotiate. So most of us will take a first offer because we've been told that Amen. somehow people are doing us a favor by giving us a job as opposed oh to us my gosh, yes. understanding that I am bringing value here and I am qualified to do this. So you're not doing me a favor by be- giving me this job so I can ask for what I'm worth. The number that you want to say, practice it over and over again because when you finally say the number, you have to say it with an exclamation point, not question mark. So that's the difference between, like, when somebody asks you, hey, what is a salary that you would want to earn? And you're like, oh, I'd like to earn $120,000. That's an exclamation point. Here's a question mark. Um, $120,000? i am guilty uh, of that. If you're not sure about it,
0: how am I supposed to be sure, sure about it? Yeah, I'm guilty of that, totally. I actually just had this really interesting experience where... I was trying to ask for a raise that I knew I deserved and the person (laughs) because you had just mentioned like sometimes you people make you feel like they're doing you a favor by giving you that job and the person was just like well we've done this and this and this for you like I thought that was enough and I remember feeling so little in that moment and this was recent and I remember just feeling little and hurt and just like that insecure teenager growing up in an all-white conservative town who always felt like I had to be somebody else instead of being valued for who I was and that's when I knew like okay this is not okay anymore like I have to let go of this
1: yeah it's a lot of us end up in those moments where somebody's like, what? Mm. No, you're not worth that. That happens. They might not say that to you, but that's the yeah. message that came across. Or sometimes,
0: they <laughs> sometimes they do say it to you.
1: Sometimes they do say it to you. Sometimes you just have to stand in that discomfort and be like, well, here's what I would like and just be quiet. I read something recently, I think it was in Forbes, that was saying how the power of silence actually puts you ahead when you're negotiating. Wow. A lot of times when we'll drop a number, we'll, we'll all of a sudden... Drop the number, spend another 30 minutes justifying why, basically explaining yourself, and then be quiet. <sighs> Meanwhile, the other person's quiet, and you're taking their, their silence as a no. So I was talking to some of my HR friends. One of them was saying how somebody dropped the number, basically rambled on for five minutes, and then because the HR person didn't say anything, they took back their entire argument. It was like, I want, you know, this is how much I would like to get paid because blah, 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 blah. And then when they stopped talking, the HR person was just quiet, just thinking it through. And before the HR person could speak, they were like, I mean, but it's okay. It's okay. I don't really need it. What?
0: No. (laughs) No, dude. Yeah, no, you can't do that. Take the silence. You be silent. You say what you
1: got to say. Be quiet. Mm. It's going to be uncomfortable. Let the other person say whatever they're going to say and then respond to that. Do not walk back what you just asked. This
0: conversation is like making my heart tighten up and my stomach churn and stuff because this is just very like close to home stuff that I've gone through recently and just uh, it, and it feels good to remember and have this conversation and realize, you know what, you did the right thing. But I mean, it is a struggle. Like it, it totally is a struggle because not everybody can immediately be their own boss. Not everybody can gather the courage to negotiate and, and, and oftentimes as a minority woman in a workplace, especially like my personal experience in media, it's one of those things where I've constantly been told or felt like the impression was just like, Oh, we're doing you a favor by giving you a job because nobody else would have because of what you have on your head. And, and I've struggled so much with just being like, no, I'm, I'm really really freaking good at my job and I really like bring value to your company and you're really missing out and I think it's like those are like mantras now where I have to kind of repeat that and and understand where I'm coming from and then when you can say no or when you can leave those situations that like those places that do not value you the doors just flood open because you've put out an intention and you've Put yourself out there in a way where you know your worth. And the universe responds to that.
1: Absolutely. And it's difficult, of course. It's not just like you snap your fingers or when you stand your ground, automatically somebody will give you what you want. But you cannot get what you want if you don't ask for it. So the least you can do is ask and see what happens.
0: You never lose anything from asking. Sure don't. Especially when it comes from a place of honesty. But, Lovey, thank you so much because this helped me learn incredible amounts of boundary setting and just this whole conversation was goals, so I know that I'm taking away several gems and I know our listeners will too, so just thank you, thank you, thank you.
1: My pleasure, I'm excited to be on this podcast with
0: you. For more information on Lovey Ajayi, you can check her out on Twitter and Instagram at Lovey. That's L-U-V-V-I-E, and check out her websites awesomelylovey.com and lovey.org. And if you want to stay connected with me, you can follow me on Instagram or Facebook at Noor, N-O-O-R, and Twitter at Ntagori, N-T-A-G-O-U-R-I. Can't wait to connect. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of In Progress presented by Boss Radio in partnership with Toomey. Be sure to tune in to the next episode to hear more from the brightest minds out there, all bringing the real talk to navigating your life and career so you can really take flight. Because, yep, you already know it's a work in progress. And be sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the 10 episodes.